Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing character of wargaming in the mortal realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Priority Roll. Today I'm joined by the one and only Nathan Prescott to talk all about Gloomspike Gits. How are you, Nathan? Hiya, I'm great, thank you. Uh, uh, Thanks for asking, how's it going with you? Yeah, I am, as always, living the dream. I thought if I was going to have someone on to talk about Gloomspike Gits, it's going to have to be Nathan Prescott himself because (laughs) you have been uh, been a a staunch follower of of the Bad Moon, let's say. For, yeah. for some time haven't you yeah uh it's yeah it's one of the two armies that i started with back in eighth edition so um, and was the other one dwarfs was it yes it was so um yeah my my son got a battle for skull pass uh starter box and um so we had the dwarves and the night goblins uh which oh, and they're also some the spider riders goblins, eh? yes. yeah. Oh, yeah i remember that set i, I remember get. I picked up that set from Games Workshop Reading back in the day when it was a Games yeah. Workshop. It's now a Warhammer store. Uh, we we just went to the Warhammer shop, not the Warhammer World, to Warhammer Shop in Nottingham. Mm. Um, and we must have bought the last one because it was just as 8th edition was dropping. And they were all like, oh, no, you don't want to buy this. There's going to be new rules and stuff. And we were like, I don't, we don't yeah, know what you're talking about. Rules? <laughs> <laughs> What's all of that? We thought it was just a game. So <laughs> we opened it up and found out that it was yeah, a little bit more complex than that. <laughs> uh, tried to figure out the 7th edition rules and we were like, this does not make sense at all. The magic was crazy. And then the fact that you had to guess things. And there I was like a, a, an adult trying to play with my son. I was like, well, that's not going to work. Uh, he's not going <laughs> to guess anything. <laughs> So, I think I'm at a slight advantage guessing the yeah. range of my my dwarf cannon here. Yeah, that was uh, yeah a bit ridiculous. So then we decided to go to Warhammer World, and uh, they were like, "Oh, you don't 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 use those rules." Here's the eighth edition rules, and they they would do like a thing where you could uh, where they'd basically train you to play play the game. So me and my lad played. I I got given the dwarves, and he got the night goblin. So actually. The, I, they were not my first army. Oh, I'm not sure or... how I feel about that, Nathan. <laughs> Gonna have to kick you off the show and get Donal on instead or something. Who's the best Grot War boss, you or Donal? Well, you'll have to get Donal in and then we'll have to have a fight and find out. Yeah, you stab us at dawn or at, <laughs> dus- at dusk, I should say. At dusk, yeah, yeah it makes, yeah. makes, makes more sense, more thematic <laughs> sense. Yes. So, so what was it that kind of attracted you to the to the well the, to the night goblins originally? But um, well, uh, when when I started playing w- with him, I really loved uh, both sides of that um, thing, and we we got the orcs and goblins and the dwarf books out, and um, yeah, they were just super crazy, really random. Um, especially at that time, you had animosity and all of that sort of stuff. And I used to love putting the wizarding hat in my big block of 100 night goblins so extra stupidity and animosity and all of that um great uh great <laughs> random things happening uh, so yeah and some uh, of those some of those rules don't exist in age of sigmar um do, no. do you think they've kind of do you think they've kept a, enough flavor yeah i think uh when when the new rules dropped uh and the war when i was looking through the war scrolls the first time uh, i was quite impressed that they uh, how much they added flavor to the armies 
like the backstabbing throng and stuff like that was great i thought um yeah, and so playing, yeah playing squigs and grots back in the day in sort of the, the wild west era is, is quite good fun wasn't it yeah yeah so yeah and that's what that's what really appeals to me with that they're, they're sort of like everybody's sort of underdog because they're just goblins but actually they're pretty nasty especially in big um big hordes and um yeah and that's that they're sort of playing true to the lore isn't it uh sort of being swarmed by goblins but then when you get one on one when you manage to separate them out then they're probably not so uh they're still they can still be dangerous stab you in the knees but they're better when they're got all their mates huddling around you stabbing you in the back uh, i mean i've read the skarsnik novel from eighth edition and that was great some of the scenes where the the grots like swarmed uh villages and stuff like that uh, proper proper gave you the the uh sense of it and then actually the newer models uh, the newer novels as well i've really enjoyed them the the shriekstone one the short story that was that was great uh battles between uh Git mob, uh, git, gloom spike gits, I should say, and um, fire slayers, proper good stuff. Oh, a nice, a nice kind of classic. Yeah, classic. Twist on the classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was proper yeah. good. Well, you just mentioned git mob grops there. Do you reckon we'll oh. see? Um, reckon, <laughs> well, they they do have the uh, underworlds warband, don't they? Yes, they do. Who are in the gloom spike gits at the moment? Yeah. Um, do you reckon yeah. we'll see a kind of expanded git mob kind of? Oh. I'm sure they have been mentioned in the lore again, haven't they? In the Gloom Spike Gets book, they've been mentioned. Mm. So you kind of expect you might see them. Uh, I, yeah, I I used to love riding the the Git Mob spearmen and um, archers. They were pretty deadly, and uh, the Wolf Riders. I used to love those. They were great. Um, I used to have a proper mixed mixed bag of tricks um, with Wolf Riders and Spider Riders and Gits and Night Goblins and everything. So it was good. Oh, I remember, I think we were walking to lunch at, oh, was it Alliance? One of Ben Curry's events in Derby. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think we were chatting about uh, Wolf Riders. Yeah. And uh, and I'd bought like a whole, uh, like a huge number of them. And I think they were core or battle line or whatever the phrase was back then. I can't remember whether that was pre or post General's Handbook. But um, I just remember thinking how cool it would be just to have like an army of Wolf Riders. And then in big numbers, in big, big units, they were pretty tasty, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I used to run. So I used to run thirty, thirty or forty of them in an army, and that was that was great. They were really fast. The piling in six was great. You could get up to all sorts of sneaky shenanigans with them doing that. And I, I think that's where the flavor's been kept, isn't it? With yeah. some of those kind of sneaky shenanigan rules that you've still got in the in the glue spot gets. So I think that's yes. kind of like they're kind of uh, you know running away with the mangler squig. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fight another day. Come Fight on, another Jay. day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just kind of. That kind of shenanigans represented in the rules still kind of keeps their kind of cheeky nature, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, uh, yeah. They've still got a few tricks. I mean, unfortunately, the, they're one of the older books, and I think the rules writers were uh, pretty tight on the keywords at that time. And they've uh, seem to have loosened up a bit now with the, the more recent books. So it's been a bit harder to, to get the shena- some of the shenanigans to work. But, uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, that's right. uh, you you still got some tricks. You um, still yeah. definitely got tricks, and yeah. perhaps that's something we can cover towards the end about um, you know looking towards the future of a refreshed yeah. uh, tome. But 
I guess for now, what, one of the things you mentioned about, you know, hordes of, of grots, I want to expand on that. Yes. You've got a lot of variation in the Glean Spike Kids book. You've got, you know, the Trogoths, the Squigs, the Spiders. You've got, you know, elite Squigs. You can go kind of heavy on Manglers and Boingrots, or you can go uh, kind of really hordy. So I guess, is there a kind of style of army? Like, how do, how do they play? Yeah, well, <laughs> you've got all sort. yeah, you've got a mix of styles in there. You can go low model count if you go like all the Trogs all the trogoths um or you can go pretty strong magic especially if you're taking the big um arachnorocks with the shrines on them uh they're, they're pretty pretty good in a in, in like a magic heavy army um or you can go like hordes of of infantry uh and then you've got the squigs which can sort of fall somewhere in between you can you can put bodies and wounds on the board with the squig herds but then you can also put put down some pretty tasty monsters, especially uh, with the the ones with the loon boss riding on them, the big mangler squigs and the boingot pounders. Uh, they hit like a train if, if if they can get the charge on you. They're pretty. They are uh, especially with the right buffs. They can they can go through a lot of units. Um, yeah, I think uh, the one the one sort of thing that slightly hampers the whole book is that it's very hard to get any pluses to hit and a lot of the book hits on fours um so uh unless you're looking at the trog side so i think you are seeing quite a few players now re-looking at the trog side because um they are (laughs) surprisingly some of the most reliable uh actual fighters in the book yeah and and lovely models too those new trogoths oh yeah fantastic I think that's uh, it's definitely something you can, you know, I guess we're going to be talking about lots of different aspects of the army, but that's one thing that the, the army as a whole has got it, got going for it, whether whether you're into the kind of old models or new models. Mm. There's a lot of character in the models, and uh, yeah. the new plastics are just brilliant. You know, the, the whole range essentially got refreshed, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the core infantry is the same as from 8th edition, but they're not they're not terrible, the little dudes with their odds and then but then the new squigs are just ah fantastic full of character like you say uh the squig just the squig herd themselves are just great the little squig herders with their bagpipes and mushrooms and uh, symbols and stuff yeah great and then yeah and the new trog monsters and the mangler squig and all of that loads of character i think it's been one of the most popular um armies that hobbyists have been buying i've seen i I still see loads of people painting up squigs and stuff like that from scratch so um i wouldn't be surprised i mean i don't know the figures but i wouldn't be surprised if it's one of um one of still one of their strong sellers uh, mm. especially yeah, in the I, fantasy I can, imagine, I can imagine them being popular yeah. you know having they're, they're kind of they're cheeky they're silly there's a lot there's variation as well you know look at that that start collecting box is um is has got so much variation in it yeah the model range is great and it's um it's solid as well it's not like uh some of the stuff can can sort of push the boundaries a little bit maybe but these they're, they're just like pure pure delightful fantasy i'd say <laughs> absolutely <laughs> delightful fancies with big teeth so yeah. if you are with the exception of the models themselves being an obvious attraction is there a, if you're a new player or perhaps a, a, a veteran player looking for a new army what what kind of reasons would you give for i guess starting a new gloom spike gets army um i think at the moment they're pro- uh, maybe one of the most challenging to get to work 
Um, so if you like a challenge, that, that would be a good reason to do it. Uh, so rules-wise, um, there, I mean, some, some if you, if you like uh, big blocks of infantry, which are, which I quite enjoy playing with lots of dudes, because uh, it does give you um, a bit of a safety blanket, you could say, or a like a buffer sort of thing. You've got weight of numbers sometimes gives you that little bit of leeway. Um, they have got that. Um, they do play in, I was going to say, in all parts of the game, but uh, I guess they're not really strong in the shooting phase, actually. But they do participate in all the phases of the game. Um, and they participate quite, quite well, especially in the hero phase. They've got um, some. They've got some good spell laws, which can make, uh, which can change the game. They're pretty good with the ender spells as well. Uh, access to them, and then their movement. They got lots of little movement shenanigans. So, um, and then uh, they're surprisingly good in combat. Yeah, I like I like them a lot. They they are a debuff army. Uh, well, there is a debuff army play style. Um, so if you do like to um, sort of challenge your opponent and um, you like that sort of play style where you're trying to control the board a bit more, there is that that is a potential play style that you can go for. Or if you just like pure random um, trying to upset. Uh, the balance you can just go with uh, like loads of squigs and what will happen will happen uh. <laughs> you've got to be somewhat fatalistic don't you to be yes. a glue spike gets general you've just got to go with the uh with the squig bounces well yeah i mean the, the other thing is that your main your allegiance ability you don't have one when you start the game uh and it relies on you rolling a dice so um, sometimes you can roll uh, some good dice rolls and the moon will hang around and shine upon you and give you some really good buffs. And then other games, it, it won't, you know, you won't really have any allegiance abilities the whole game because it, 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 when it does come on, it comes on in places where the game isn't being played and stuff like that. So, um, and then it'll just shoot off. Uh, so, so uh, it can be frustrating, that's for sure. So, um, it's it's still got that random element. Yeah, and I guess uh, if you're you know playing five to six games at a weekend, that that cons- that con- lack of consistency perhaps is a risk that people uh, you know you, you often find tournament lists try to mitigate risks in an army. Yeah. Whereas if that risk is part of the army, then <laughs> you know it obviously takes a certain kind of player who's willing to willing to go to an event like that, doesn't it? Yeah. So you can you can try and build a list where you where you're not relying on. The, those random elements but then when those random elements turn up it's just a, a bonus and then the rest of the time you're just playing as if you didn't have an allegiance ability or you don't have those extra bonuses which is probably the safest way to play the army and yeah probably the best way to play it don't play for the moon uh just when kind of it treat turn- it treat it as a, an, an added bonus rather than something that you're guaranteed yeah. to get yeah yeah that's... So you mentioned uh, that they were a bit of a challenge rules-wise. Is that yes. something you can kind of expand on? And do you think that's a, a reason why potentially someone might avoid the army? Uh, yes, I mean it can it can be a reason why some people are discouraged by the army. There's uh, lots of buffs which are very keyword dependent, 
and then there are a lot of keywords that don't consistently flow across the army. So you might have buffs which are Moon Clan Grot only, for instance, and then you suddenly dis- discover that all of the Moon Clan squigs, uh, including the squig herds and ones where you've got grots riding them, don't have the grot keyword. So you can't translate those buffs to those units. And then likewise, you'll find things that uh, might wind you up a little bit. In, for example, uh, fanatics don't have the grot keyword either. So, um, you know, and you think, oh, I just want them to. <laughs> so you've, you've got to be careful. So um, how, uh, <laughs> how you line up your buff chains. Because there are, there's sort of like a combination of buffs that you're going to put onto a unit. And then you have to make sure you've got everything seems to be wholly within 12 and uh, not moving and all of this. So you've got to have, um, you've got to be prepared to bunch units up around certain units bef- and then trigger buffs before you do other things. So it's, it's fairly complex, I think compared to some of the armies. For instance, like the new Skink priests have all got, their buffs are all 18 inches. Uh, the difference between a 12-inch bubble and an 18-inch bubble is is uh, amazing. So, um, yeah, they're a lot easier. And then a lot more things have got the Skink keyword <laughs> that, yeah. throughout, throughout oh, yeah. that army. A lot of things have got the Skink keyword. <laughs> Whereas very few things have got the Grot keyword. Mm, um, yeah, it's it's quite an interesting dynamic, isn't it, in terms of rules and how they interact with each other. And sometimes yes. you look at a battle tome and kind of, I think Seraphon's a great example because I, I think it's a fantastic battle tome and mm. there are so many options and that skink keyword is is everywhere. Yeah, so, and I think I think if they had been as liberal with the Grok keyword as they have with the skink keyword and uh, as liberal with some of the ranges and the, the intermingling of buffs that you have in those books, Books, uh, you would find that the the Grot book would actually be a lot easier to play and probably quite um, quite a bit higher up on the old tiers of who's a good who's a strong book and who's not a strong book. So um, the, I think you can still get some great buffs and great combos going in there in the Grot in the Gloom Spike gets book, but. Um, oh, that's why they're more challenging. It's a lot harder to get those buffs and things into place, or the debuffs. Likewise, I mean, you've got some some great little debuff spells in the Gobba Palooza, for instance, but they're incredibly short range, six inch spells and twelve inch spells and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's like playing on on harder mode than uh, if if you were going to go and pick up the seraphon book for instance not like easy mode seraphon right yeah that's it then i've got to be careful years. because i also play seraphon so and i have i've played seraphon a lot more recently than i've played glue spike Git, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'm part of the problem so um here's a question for you you've yes. mentioned that there can be a horde and semi-elite what what's your kind of style of army list what do you have a, a signature list that you play with a lot? Uh, my personally, I try and mix it up a fair bit. Um, I do. I do. Generally, my army lists. I like to have a mix of units, so um, I, I try and include different elements um, of of various things. So my original lists were um, one or two blocks of of the grots. Um, 
with backed up by some moon clan wizards and then um at one stage i was running at arachnorok and some units of spider riders um i've also been running boingrock bounders so I, I did have like i like to have some infantry maybe a monster or two so I've, sometimes the monster will be a mangler squig not quite often in my armies it's an, an ale guzzler gargant and then um you've got uh, a units of infantry either boingrock bounders or uh, sometimes spider riders maybe a few harassing units of uh the squig hoppers and then your magic casters so uh, i really like scrag rock the loon king he's fantastic magic caster um and then there also the shaman on the um arachnorok uh, is also fantastic and then i do like to take the madcap because he's got great little war scroll spell and also he has access to some of the artifacts which are particularly uh, tasty the uh, moon face is probably one of my favorite artifacts ever so yeah. and uh, and what does that do for, for people who might not be familiar uh so the moon face is a curse that they can release in the start of the combat phase and they pick a unit within 12 inches an enemy unit and they curse it and subtract one from its save for the turn oh that's cheeky uh, isn't it so it's great yeah i've had some <laughs> some proper stabby crots uh there is another spell there's a couple of other spells which can also reduce the save by one um so i have had my hordes of night goblins going in effectively at minus two rend so it's been 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 fun when it happens but like i say it's uh you have to uh it's 12 inches and in the combat phase yeah you have to line stuff up for on a what, like a five wound model madcap shamans four wounds four wounds <laughs> <laughs> four wounds and yeah, yeah. six yeah. up save yeah yeah, yeah, that's the that's the killer, isn't it? You think, oh, well, that's a fantastic thing if it's yeah. like eighteen, or oh yeah, if, as if, as it, could, as if, as... It, if it could be cast and then you can yeah. move, you know, something. Like, I don't know. Yeah, as soon as they realise what it does, they're like, oh, that guy has to die, and then he dies. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't Ca- take much cast for a couple him of to die. Bolts at him, and he's, he's gone. It. Yeah. So yeah, I was, um, so my lists have been like that, but then I have experimented. Um, for instance, uh, the list that I took to Brotherhood was. Um, pretty much grot heavy although i did, did have some boing rock bounders i think in that list um and then after brotherhood i was um i was i played quite a few games just my friendly games playing with the uh the battalions that you have um i went with the moon clan scrap which is a one drop moon clan list that i was playing which i don't think i've seen very many people play with it and uh yeah I had some surprisingly good success with that. Uh, <laughs> made some some people very irate when they lost that list. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, Brotherhood was a fantastic event. I, I really enjoyed covering it and uh, look forward to, well, hopefully we'll we'll have it back soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think Chris was talking about, did did he, I think he put Blackout, which was meant to be August 2020. I think he's running Blackout in January instead. That's right. And I think uh, Brotherhood has been pushed back to April, maybe, I want to say, or maybe later. Fantastic. Yeah, he's put some provisional dates up. Yeah, uh, well, watch this Twitter. space. So when uh, when we're back in full Brotherhood uh, swing, I think it would be uh, only fitting that given that we, Brotherhood kind of hit very early on in Priority Rolls days, and it, I guess it was it was one of the things that I you know work work and life kind of 
kind of worked out quite conveniently hmm. that I could really throw myself behind interviewing as many of the team captains as I could. So uh, if Chris will let me, I'll uh, Continue, have a chat yeah. with him about the event and have a chat with all the team captains um, for, for the next. Um... Yeah, well, the, the team, I mean, the team format is great fun, isn't it's it? It's fantastic. So, it's great, isn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, quite, I'm looking forward to the super series thing that Rob's doing. Um, that's coming up. That's going to be, yeah, it's just going to be some top table games isn't it that you're going to see uh, again team format it's going to be fun i think there's also a team uh everybody's getting excited for the team thing in ireland next year as well so oh yeah uh, absolutely and, and chris's chris's events you know just tom oh, yeah, yeah. in general are just well well regarded and and for good reason yes yeah right enough uh, enough about tomlin we good. don't want to give him too much of an ego telling him how good he is at, at running events <laughs> Um, so, right, let's move on to some quite interesting things uh, that have come up in recent White Dwarfs, mm. which is the Jaws of Mork Allegiance. Yes. Have you had a, had a chance to kind of peruse these? I've, I've had a uh, look through them um, a couple of times. Uh, I mean, it was all leaked uh, prior to it coming out. And uh, also they've... They've gone through it in depth in the old uh, Gloom Spike gets wa- uh, WhatsApp group. So uh, I've sort of <laughs> I had to I had to leave that one. <laughs> I had to, kept, kept I had to leave a lot of them to be honest. Yeah, they were. Uh... It's, uh, it's yeah, it's uh, one of the most active ones I've been in, and yeah. uh, I do like actually keeping an eye on. Uh, one ear to the ground some of the stuff they come up with is great the so. problem with the whatsapp groups i find is that there is sometimes a lot of noise and oh, lots yeah. of posts and not all of them are necessarily uh, value adding posts let's say <laughs> yeah i would agree with that yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Fair yeah. assessment. <laughs> so should we let's let's have a quick let's have a quick overview of these uh jaws of morgue just in case because I'm, I'm conscious that um some people haven't necessarily got their white dwarves. Um, I, I'm one of them, actually. I, I'm a subscriber, and sadly, my white dwarf hasn't arrived yet uh, oh. with everything that's going on. I, I know um, GWR hard at work at getting everyone their, their magazines, but um, I uh, managed to track them down on, on via the magic of the internet. And yep. have uh, So if your army is a Gloomspite Gits army, you can give it the Jaws of Mork keyword. All Gloomspite Gits units in your army gain that keyword, and you can use the following allegiance abilities in addition to the allegiance abilities in the Battle Tome Gloomspite Gits. So yep. they have an ability called Running Riot. And I think this is this is really interesting because it does mitigate some of the randomness that we were yep. talking about before, which is you can re-roll the roll that determines the move characteristics of friendly squig units. Anything with the squig keyword, which is unlike the grot keyword, the squig keyword is fairly, you know, anything that's a squig is a squig. Yeah. So that's obvious. But but things squigs with grots aren't necessarily grot keywords. So that's what that's I'm, right. I'm kind of saying it. Um but I guess we could we should also mention that the jaws of the jaws of Mork are a, a, is a, a squig themed army. So if you want to really go, you know, all in on squigs and and why wouldn't you? Um, then then this is really kind of where you're at. I, I think I think it's just, it's just better if you want to run squigs. I think this is just kind of better. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just it's like a sub faction which the Gloom Spike gets book never had, and uh, this is like adding adding one of them to it and it's it's got some abilities that obviously benefit the um the the gloom spot gets army in that, in that yeah situation. And, and i wonder whether uh we were talking about this before we press go on the recorder so i wonder whether this gives scope for future white dwarfs to have a spider fang allegiance or a trogoth allegiance yeah 
Yeah, you would have thought so, especially especially some of them. I mean, the Trogoths have got such great models. Um, they're sort of crying out for their own little sub-faction set of rules. So, yeah, and the spiders, you don't see them that often, and I think there's some, some interesting stuff there. So, yeah, let's uh, see what happens. Eh? Fingers crossed for the future. <laughs> so they have a command ability, which is get some loonshine down them. Uh, you can <laughs> down um. Uh, you can use the command ability at the start of any any phase. If you do so, pick one friendly Jaws of Mork Mangler Squigs model. Until the end of that phase, use the top row on that model's damage table, regardless of how many wounds it has suffered. So a nice way to kind of pull your Mangler Squig, uh, yeah, sort of up up a notch. Yeah, I mean you're more likely you uh, so you you're happier to charge in multiple mangler squigs and then trigger that command ability knowing that oh, i'm going to fight with this one first but that one still is you might take a few wounds but he's still going to dish out the pain yeah absolutely yeah. and i think you know a, a mangler squig at, at full whack is is you know, nothing to be sniffed at yeah i mean it, it's good uh, it's it's a good command ability uh, it's not uh Mangler squigs are the one one of those creatures that get worse as they take some wounds, and then they as they take more wounds, they get they start going back up to their sort of top thing. So yeah, so this this is quite useful in that middle ground because yeah. you're not gonna you know this isn't this isn't to kind of save a mangler squig when it's got a couple of wounds left because no. it's already operating at, at max cap anyway. Whereas yeah. this is really I, what this does do is it makes your uh, mangler squig consistently good yeah because if it's, if it's at full health you're fine if it's at low health you're fine and what the command ability does is nip that sort of middle ground, that middle where... ground. if you've taken a few like an arcane vault and maybe a little bit of uh, small arms fire from something you've taken you know four or five wounds then can trigger this and then just bumble on in and have a great time absolutely and uh and this i guess that's kind of two in a row that we've had which is all about mitigation all about mitigation of risk and given that the one of the things you said that was something that might put people off is that challenge and the kind of high risk nature of the army is here you've got an allegiance ability or a set of allegiance abilities that are starting to mitigate that risk so it's, it's quite interesting yeah um, the command trait, uh, a Jaws of Mork general must have this command trait instead of one listed. So not, not an option, it's a must. So you yeah. can re-roll failed Battleshock chest for friendly Jaws of Mork units wholly within 12 as general. So nothing to be nothing to be too overly excited about, especially considering no. you, you know your general might be on a Magnus Quig all the way up in yeah. front of the enemy. And your That's right. Big and the Grots might be back back uh, next to your Loon Shrine. Yeah, and your thing... Although they're not of... rolling Battleshock next to Loon Shrine, so no. you know, maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, and they're only bravery three and four sort of things anyway, so if they are taking Battleshock tests, it doesn't, probably doesn't matter how many times you roll them, they're going to, it's going to be painful. Um, and the other thing is obviously also this stops you taking the battle traits from the core book, and some of those are great, especially... Some of those are pretty shaky, aren't they? Uh yeah, especially the one that we were talking about earlier, the uh, fight another day trait, mm, which um, is which is really good on a, a mangler boss. Yeah, and yeah, uh, so that you know that yeah <laughs> that is one that you see uh, ninety nine times out of hundred on a mangler boss if if he is the general and um, the the fight another day. So. Basically, each time the general attacks with its melee weapons, it can then make a 2d6 move, uh, and uh, which it can do so as long as it ends up more than three from enemy units. So uh, that's the one you would want to take, but um, but if you're going to go with this, 
allegiance, then you're going to be stuck with this other one. Uh, yeah, so, and yeah, I think that's that's entirely intentional, isn't it? Yeah, they've yeah. they're giving you all these bonuses to other things, but they're also um, saying you can't have the yeah. very obvious fight another day that you would be choosing anyway. So have that's this right. kind of slightly yeah. less optimal thing. Yeah, which is which is fair. You've got you can't have can't have it all. Yeah, you take take with one hand. Uh, you give with one hand <laughs> and you take away with the other. Exactly. <laughs> and the artifact is out. The first jaws of Mork Hero to receive an artifact uh, must be given the Sayari Screamer Squig. Cool. Now, I'm just going to read the flavor text for this just because I, yes. I love it. This rare breed of squig screams incessantly when exposed to light, startling even the most resolute warriors and leaving them vulnerable to a sneaky shiving. <laughs> and nobody likes being left vulnerable to a sneaky shiving, especially when it's targeted in the knee area. Well, yeah. Well, there's a few other areas you wouldn't want to get shivved in. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so they're this, all targets. When, they're all targets. At, when you're at, a grot. at grot based height. Yeah, exactly. Um, at the start of the combat phase, you pick one enemy hero within three inches of the bearer. If you do so, into your next hero phase, add one to hit rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by the bearer, that target, that hero. Yeah. Yeah. This, so this is going on uh one of your one of your your boss squigs really isn't it yeah so something like a, a mangler boss or a giant squig boss yeah yeah uh the plus one to hit is the th- is just great um it's just unfortunate so this would just be the bearer so it wouldn't be your mangler would it no it's just the bearer sadly wouldn't yeah. affect mounts so again uh it's, it's nearly there but not quite nearly but not quite <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you, you you don't yeah it's nice the hero can can get that plus one hit but then he also has the ability to re-roll hits and wounds if he eats a different type of squig but you really want it so that the um, so that the manglers getting all of the plus one hits because he's if only, if only. Yeah. so so a kind of near miss on that one yeah now this is a really interesting they've updated the war scroll for bad moon loon shrines yes so add the following scenery rule to the bad moon loon shrine scenery war scroll so uh, yeah and this only affects um uh, affects all bad moon loon shrines not just those included in the armies that have been given the jaws absolutely so, so it's a kind yeah. of a, a, a global update yeah so um if your general has the squig keyword after you set up this terrain feature you you replace and this is this is key you replace so, its moon clan layers ability well you you can replace it so you can ah, you can you decide can. sorry yeah, yeah. So you, you can, can decide to keep. Uh, that's that's two good, two good points there. So you yeah. can do it. So it's yeah. optional. Um, but if you do so, it replaces. Yes. So it's not. It's you can't have both. You you yeah. you have to replace it. But it is optional to replace it. Yeah, yeah. that's two. That's a really good point to add to that. So um, at, at the end of each of your turns, you can pick one friendly squig herd, squig hoppers, or boingrot bounders unit that has been de- destroyed. If you do so, roll a dice on a four plus a new replacement unit with half the number of models from that unit that was destroyed. Rounding fractions up is added to your army. You must set up the replacement unit wholly within 12 inches of a friendly bad moon loon shrine and more than three inches away from enemy units. Each destroyed unit can only be replaced once. Replacement units themselves cannot be replaced. So yep. it is essentially the same moon clan layers ability for replacing your grots uh, but for squigs yeah for kind of like you know the, the the infantry squigs yeah so it's yeah it's all three or indeed cavalry yeah the three types of of sort of squig based dudes like your general dudes so that yeah general great. issue squig dudes yeah general issue squig dudes yeah the general gen, uh, the gis of the squig world so, the, yeah. G, the gs if you will <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, uh, I, I think that's great. I mean, for those squig heavy armies, but this like just the, this this just screams like massive yeah. blocks of cave squigs, doesn't it? Yeah, or uh, yeah, or uh, all the bounders as well, and the, the hoppers. Are you bringing back the bounders? The bounders are already tasty. Um, so um, if if you think about it, if you, uh, it's bringing back half the unit. If you went MSU and you're bringing back. You, a unit half a unit of five you're bringing back three so that's quite effective way of doing it so yeah yeah and msu allows you to kind of keep rolling on those dice yeah uh you only get one once per turn once per turn yeah true so yeah um but you'll kick yourself if you don't bring back your your unit of 20 bounders yeah oh yeah oh it's uh, yeah i mean the moon clan layers ability is really great um in the in the uh grot uh armies that i've been playing and um again it's not something you should rely on but it's a great bonus and when it happens you can see it instantly demoralizes your opponent pretty much that suddenly there's a lot more dudes have appeared yeah that's great yeah regeneration of stuff is just in general really frustrating um, yeah. but when it's a lot a massive unit of grots who are now you know immune to battle shock because they're right next to the loot shrine yeah that's <laughs> great yeah, really frustrating <laughs> yeah it's really great frustrating so, you say but i say great <laughs> <laughs> i was talking more from an opponent's perspective but yeah absolutely yeah. um and then we've also got some uh war squad battalions we've got two war squad battalions um yeah the moon jumper stampede and the moon biter squigglanch now anything with the phrase squigglanch in in then i'm you know i'm all for yes but the uh the, so the stampede is included within the squigglanch the squigglanch is i guess you'd call it a mega battalion but it's not so mega that you can't kind of take it you know it's not one of those crazy five thousand points stormcast you know chamber yeah. things. there's still one though yeah you but, could to- you could totally take it as a as yeah. a it's basically a squig army you know insert your yeah. squig army this is it so the uh, but the stampede first is two to three units of squig hoppers um or boingrot bounders yes in any combination uh, and it also has zero to one mangler squigs and yes. the the ability you get is crushing gobs add True. one to the damage characteristic of fang filled gobs massive fang filled gobs and huge fang filled gobs if they make a charge move yeah fantastic uh really good That's, that is that is really good yeah uh, plus one damage so it's like having a war chanter for free really it's just yeah whenever they charge they become proper scary on the charge so the, oh, yeah. the normal stampede battalion gave you the re-rolls of the movement, but now mm. you've got that on but your you've allegiance. Got that already. Yeah. So now you've got that, and then you've got this lovely little greasy bonus of where you get plus one damage. And if you combine that with um, the uh, sneaky snufflers, so you give them an extra attack, and then you give that all extra damage. It's just great. And the, uh, the bounders are getting plus one to wound on their uh, lances when they charge anyway. Yeah. So you, suddenly, you know, your ba- your bounders are are really starting to. Well, uh, this only affects the jaw attacks. So, oh, of course, of course, yeah. of course. So I mean, the bounders are are proper good on the charge, but this actually good, makes good the, spot, good save. This actually does make the squeak hoppers um, a lot a lot more interesting. Uh, you don't see the squeak hoppers very often, but this, I mean. So people just start to ignore the actual riders and concentrate on the squigs themselves. Um, and the squig hoppers are a lot faster. And I think I think there was a, a tournament in Poland or somewhere where somebody took loads of squig hoppers and, and they did really well with us. Big units of squig hoppers charging in, plus one damage. They do 
mortal wounds as well as they fly over things. Um, so yeah, uh, this is great. And I think uh, obviously all of those units benefit, but particularly the squeak hoppers have benefited from that. Now, the, the only question I have here is that the only two models, or war scrolls rather, with an attack called the Massive Fang-Filled Gob is the Loon Boss with Giant Cave Squig, so Skarsnik, mm. and the Loon Boss on Giant Cave Squig. So the old metal one with his helmet flying off, the Forge Rod one, and the, the one that came in, the uh, Silver Death Box. So th- there's a Massive Fang-Filled Gobs. Yeah. But the Moon Jumper Stampede doesn't have any of those units. Yeah. <laughs> because the huge fang-filled gobs are what uh, Magla Squigs have. Yes. And you can, you can include one of those. And the fang-filled gobs are what the Hoppers and Bounders have. Yeah. But yeah, so there's a, there's a bonus to a unit that you can't take. Yeah, it's interesting that. Uh, I think you'll find that maybe they had that unit in there and then they decided to drop it out or Maybe they thought it was a little bit too much. Yeah. And they dropped it. But yeah. A, a little, a little quirk. Mm, a quirk interesting. Of, uh, yeah, it yeah. Isn't, isn't the first time that we have quirks like that in rules, but um, a little, a little bonus for for our listeners. <laughs> yeah. you know, there's a little bit of trivia for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Something gets buffed that can't get buffed. Ah, oh, it's buffception. Yes. So we've got the Moonbiter Squig Launch. Uh, so not only does this include the uh, one plus Moon Jumper Stampede. Oh, I should I should point out actually the Moon Jumper Stampede is 140 points, and yeah. this Moonbiter Squig Launch is 90 points. So you are looking at 230 points worth of battalions to take both. Yeah. So it's got a Moon Jumper Stampede. Um, it's also got one Jaws of Mork Loon Boss on Mangler Squig, or Jaws of Mork Loon Boss on Giant Cave Squig. So a, yeah. a boss on some sort of squig. Uh, you've yeah. also got uh, zero to three loon bosses on giant cave squigs. Yeah. Uh, and you've got one to three mangler squigs and zero to two squig herd units. Yeah. Now, it's interesting to point out that you might be thinking, oh, it's one to three mangler squigs. I'll take my mangler squig in a squig launch rather than the stampede. However, if you do so, then you don't get the buff to the fanged filled gob. Uh, yeah, it's annoying that, to, isn't to it? Think about. Yeah. yeah, because... And and if you are playing against these these uh, these battalions, and someone has taken a squig launch, and your opponent tries to get a buff on the Magda squigs, uh, huge fanged field gobs, and they've only got one, then you <laughs> can point out that that one must be from the compulsory squig launch, not the stampede, and therefore does not get in the buff. Yeah, yeah, which these can are the be kind a... of things that people forget in the kind of heat of the moment, aren't they? Not yeah, not, yeah. not intentionally. I, I should hope not. Um, but sometimes yeah. they, you know, this is the kind of thing that might get get lost in in the heat of battle. Yeah. I think it's just one of again one of those little quirks in these battalions, which can be a bit frustrating for the Gloom Spike Gets player. That um, that you have to take a Mangler Squig, and it can't be in the Stampede mm. until you take two of them. And, yeah, and uh, then you've got to suddenly differentiate which one's the Stampede, yeah, and which one's the Squig Launch one. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Boo. <laughs> boo, boo. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, and their abilities is overbounding lunatics, um, which is which is uh, you know great. Um, after armies have been set up before the first battle round begins, up to D three units from this battalion can move up to six inches. If both players can move units after armies, blah blah blah, they they roll off. Um, so yeah, a free six inch move. Nice. Which uh, if you you could go for a really cheeky alpha strike list with this. Oh yeah. You've uh, got um you've got re rolling moves as your kind of allegiance ability and then you've got a free six inch move and some of the some of the scenarios don't you know they start fairly close don't they yeah a lot of them are uh, 18 inches apart if you're both on the both towed up on the line and um i mean those mangler squigs move the extra d6 so 
they're going quite fast. If you take the giant cave squig gloom boss, he can give you plus three to your move uh, in like a big bubble. So, uh, and if you take, uh, if you can sneak a wizard in there with uh, squig lure on, then you get run and charge as well on squig uh, units. So uh, you can proper take off. And and if you hang about waiting for the moon to shine on you, you can also get run and charge, but I wouldn't wait for that. Now, why wait? Why wait when you can launch yourself six inches from the start? I think that's, yeah. uh, that's where you want to be. Yeah, you know? uh, but it also gives you the opportunity of moving a squig hood six inches up and just zoning out your mm. opponent. Um, so if you're, uh, if you're being threatened by an alpha strike yourself, especially one that ambushes or drops out of the sky you can push people back um uh, and just sort of protect the meat of your army a little bit better as well so so that six inch move is fantastic oh absolutely and 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 even allows you to almost correct things you know you don't have to move a d6 in a straight line towards the nearest enemy unit you can You could have deployed a, a hero, deployed a unit, and then you deploy something else. Then gone. Oh shoot! You know this isn't within wholly within you know twelve inches for <laughs> for a certain spell, or you know you you haven't yeah. done something because we all make mistakes like that, especially when we we deploy things maybe in, in in a hurry or under the pressure. You're on stream and you've not got the time, you know that kind of thing. It's really it's convenient just to be able to move six inches. I, I did that with my um with my seraphon in the old shadow strike uh, battalion. Oh yes, yeah. I yeah. just moved moved some of my skinks slightly. <laughs> Slightly to the left because uh, because I misplayed mis uh, deployed them. Um, yeah, so it's it's got kind of really practical utility use as yeah. well as uh, you know an aggression alpha use. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. And we were gonna we were gonna talk about a spider army, but perhaps that's a topic uh, for uh, for another day, Nathan. Um, yeah. Because we are rapidly approaching an hour. So I guess that the, the question cool. let's let's stick to squigs for this episode, and we could talk spiders perhaps another time if you if if you'd like to come back on. Yeah, um, that's fine. How so? How does Jaws of Mork, the release of Jaws of Mork, how does that affect your approach to to the army? Um, so I think I will definitely pick up another Mangler Squig. Um, I've already got. Uh, a couple of decent sized units of Boingrot Bounders uh, and I've got a fair amount of Squig Hoppers and I've got myself a nice Squig Herd actually so uh, I would like to try some of these because they do look fun uh, the the plus one damage on the charge, the Stampede thing uh, that just that looks, looks super tempting um, I have been done by my Boingrot Bounders so many times rolling a three or a two on their movement. And uh, the ability to re-roll that is glorious. So, yeah, I, yeah I'm yeah, i definitely looking forward to trying out some of these. Um, yeah, I, I have uh, been building up a big squig herd for a while because I have sort of been wanting to try that uh, comboing it with the sneaky snufflers but now if i can combine it with um uh these jaws of mork uh, extra um extra little buffs then i'm going to do that for sure yeah as someone that's quite a fan of squigs um oh, this has really fantastic. really got me quite interested because i uh, i've got a few squigs i've uh 
I've got a few squigs that haven't I haven't assembled. So I sold off my army uh, because I wanted to create funds for a new project, and uh, and then I bought a few of those uh, Sylvaneth boxes and traded the Sylvaneth halves for um, for squigs. So I've I've got a fair chunk of squigs, and I think it would be quite cool to maybe you know, revisit squigs. Um, but I've also got spiders as well, and I, I do I do quite like doing different things. So we'll, yeah. we're going to be speaking speaking about spiders uh, another day. Um, I wonder whether there's any kind of particular artifacts that stand out as something that you if you would clearly you're going to be taking two uh, formations if you're going to take the whole squiggle arch so one artifact you're forced to take but what about the second and third are there any kind of key artifacts in the glinspike gets thing that that you would take anyway or that you think that you'd revisit and perhaps look at differently in the light of uh, the jaws of mork release right uh, so artifacts wise there is the clamming cow which is minus one to hit um a little bubble. Right, so the minus one hit on that um, for the bearer. So that's that's like the one that you see most of the time. Um, but when so when I've played with the um, with the one drop the moonclown scrap, you obviously I got two battalions there, so I had the extra thing. And I played with the backstabber's blade. And this is a fun little thing. So it's pick one of the bearer's melee, melee weapons. And uh, if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with the weapon as a six, the save roll just fails automatically. Do not roll the dice. Uh, and I've had some great times with that because uh, some of the loon bosses' damage is D3. Uh, obviously, the loon bosses on Mangler Squigs are only damage one, but they do get a lot of attacks and they get re rolls, and now they get plus one hit as well. So, interesting that one. Yeah, although it is unmodified, of course, so your plus yeah. one is not, not buffing yeah. that, but yeah. That's a fun one. Uh, uh, the, I mean, the the other thing, obviously, the Clemmy Cal and probably the Loonstone tal- Talisman are, like, the more obvious ones. So the Loonstone Talisman gives you a 5-up ignore against mortal wounds, um, which so just make you a squig a bit tougher, um, which is quite good. Uh, the, other, the other options you have are the Pipes of Doom, which is minus one bravery probably i don't think you'll see that very often ever ever uh, uh a git shield a leering git shield which reflects um attacks if you make a save of a six um again probably not going to see that very often the spiteful prod is quite fun but you do have to have grot units um so again i took that with my grot um army so uh and then most of your stuff in the squig army does not have the grot keyword even if it does have grots on it so um so you're not likely to see that so your your main choices are having a, an extra minus one to hit so uh if you've got a double mangler if you've got two loon bosses on mangler squigs obviously one has to take the screaming squig so you, you your other one's probably going to be minus one to hit um unless you're going to be a bit more adventurous then maybe give them the backstabber's blade hmm Interesting, and then perhaps your third one can be the Moonface Mommet. Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I would. If you're going to include uh, a wizard, which you probably will do, mm. then because well, it's interesting that these um, the Jaws of Mork Allegiance abilities are in addition to yeah. rather than a really kind of restrictive thing. So you can still take Spider Fang and Dank Hold and you know your Shamans and stuff. It isn't a purely Swig thing. It's just that the the bonuses impact squigs. So your 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 other your non-squig units are not benefiting from the new rules. However, 
clearly they can still buff and act as, as an integral part to your list. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the fitted, the madcap shaman taking the moon face moment is, oh, I mean, just uh, giving you all, basically giving your units an extra pip of rend against a, a unit is great. But bearing in mind, like we said earlier, the, the madcap's not your strongest dude. <coughs> No, although uh, I suspect that if you are kind of going for that kind of alpha style list, um, your opponent has then got more things to perhaps be concerned about. Yeah. When they're doing kind of um, like threat appreciation, then they've got to consider and target priority. They've got to consider whether they take out the, the full wound Madcap Shaman or whether they take out the Magda Squig that's a, th- a few inches away from them. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, he's probably not going to be high up on the list uh, until they find out exactly what he's doing. So yeah. So we've got we've got a we've got a huge amount of choice really, and um, that's you know, we haven't even spoken about adding in other units into into this mix of you know the, the likes of the Spider Fang or the the Trogoths. So I think um, much like you said before, the perhaps the strongest list is going to take advantage of all these new rules, but still incorporate other elements. Uh, rather yeah. than the kind of thing that I would tend to do, which is kind of force myself into a, a thing of like, I'm going to run Jaws of Mork and I'm only going to take, uh, you know, squeakiness. Whereas actually, the, which is cool, which is cool, which is themed, you know, and all that jazz. But ultimately, I think the strongest uh, Gloom Spike Git lists that we're going to see that are going to be taking advantage of the Jaws of Mork are still going to include other non-squeak elements that will kind of support the the ultimate aim whatever that aim yeah i think you're probably gonna want at least a wizard or two oh undoubtedly yeah and um yeah i mean if you really want you can force yourself to take um either scragrot who who has got two squigs carrying his coat his cloak uh so you still got your squig theme or you could take a fungoid he's got a little spore squig um but yeah, the tempting one is obviously the Madcap with the Momet, uh, just for that buff. But yeah, there we go. Excellent. Well, Nathan, thank you ever so much for joining me. It's, it's great to have your, your squig pertees, which is a, a portmanteau of squig and expertise, obviously. Your squig pertees <laughs> onto, onto the show today. Um, and, oh, it's uh, been a pleasure. Love talking about grots. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be, be great to have you back on, maybe to speak about spider stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A pure Definitely. Spider Fang list on a pure Spider Fang podcast. Although, uh, as as before, we should, uh, I will caveat that, and as well as on, at the time, but also uh, when I'm talking pure Spider Fang, I, I will accept a dabble, a dabble here or there. You know, if if, yeah. if it means taking a, uh, a non Spider Fang unit. Uh, One or, or maybe two some, buddies. Maybe some, yeah. some stickers or whatever the, the spearmen are called these days. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, stabbers or shooters or stickers, whatever they're called. Um, stabbers. Stabbers. Oh, of course, because stabbers now come in two flavors, don't they? It's just yeah. very confusing. I'm just an old <laughs> grot now. Um, so, uh, for example, I've got some of the spider riders yes. themselves without spiders on 25 mil bases. They have spears. Oh. They are stabbers. And I've even got some of the arachnoid crew with bows on 25 mils, and they can yes. be my shooters. So, yeah, yeah. so I've kind of I've I've got flex there, but it will obviously be modelled properly. But as I say, that is a, a story for another day. Cool. Um, any shout outs, Nathan? Uh, obviously, you're going to shout out the the show that I help out a bit on. Uh, that's the Honest Wargamer show. So Rob and his band of merry fellas <laughs> uh, that do they so they do obviously uh, weekly shows for Age of Sigmar and that other game that they play. What's that? Forty K game. Um, and, uh, yeah, he keeps on, uh, 
plugging away. So I'll I'll give him a shout and his mates. And obviously we've got the Super Series coming up, um, which is going to be an Age of Sigma team tournament, but very sort of geared towards the the more the very competitive end of it with some interesting little twists. So yeah, looking forward to to seeing some top table behavior on the top tables in the, in that and it's only fitting of course that i ask you the two priority role questions but before i do if people want to find you on twitter or something like that and ask you questions about grots where can they find you uh twitter i am at nath prescott i want to say i'm not 100 percent sure <laughs> oh damn it you are yeah. nath prescott absolutely with two t's yeah. and of course uh nath will be tagged on the tweet for this uh this show of the episode oh, as well okay. if you want to find him uh, so Nathan, Hello. You, know, you know the questions. So if yes. you could change one thing and keep one thing about Age of Sigmar, so let's go for keep first as, as a traditional. So if you could you could protect one thing about Age of Sigmar and the rest of the game is going to be re-scrubbed, what would you yeah. protect? What would you keep? And if you could only change one thing and the rest of the game is going to stay the same forever, what would that be? So what would you protect first? Ah, uh, this is a toughie. Um, I'm going to keep uh, the I'm going to keep the netters in. The stabbers units because they really uh, wind people up, and I need manettas. I really <laughs> like how they've changed over the addition uh, over the to- over time. Um, where where I used to have them in the pay fifty points or something to have netters in my units, and then you roll the dice to see if you netted the other unit or you netted yourselves. Um, I enjoyed playing with them, uh, and. I really enjoy them at the moment. So yeah, I'm going to keep netters. Do you uh, do you remember when back in the I guess early stages of Age of Sigmar when they didn't tell you that you could own you you could only have you know X many netters per X many grots or whatever. Oh yeah, it they was theoretically said, possible to have a unit of netters. A complete unit of netters. Yeah, yeah. it was something like a unit of nine goblins includes some can include can include yeah, netters yeah some netters yeah, or something like so that <laughs> being the, being the absolute complete you know rude word that i am yeah i i, I hunted down dozens of netter models on ebay <laughs> i was going to run a 40 grot unit of netters of just netters <laughs> Of just no. netters, I had grand plans, and oh, then the yes. FAQ'd it. So I was I was yeah. hoisted by my own Jean Luc Picard. Oh, okay, yeah, tragic. Uh, I just tried to play. Uh, however, the box came, and for some reason, well, and I, that's that's what GW went for, wasn't it? Yeah, I think. Oh, I think I had miscalculated because I had uh, I was playing. I think four netters. I thought there were four in a box for some reason, uh, and I think they. Knocked it down to three per twenty. So, yeah. So I was, yeah, I was a bit gamey as well. I was playing with, I think, four was the max per twenty that I'd play with, or something like that. But yeah, oh yeah, I remember those days. Some people <laughs> back in <laughs> have... the good old days, good old yeah. days, or, or they yeah. were certainly old days. I'm not sure whether they were good. No, um, they were great. They great. were, they were good. They were good. Yeah, proper it was good. Fun yeah. times. Uh, right. So, uh, what would you change about? Edge Sigmar. If you could only change one thing and the rest of the game's going to stay the same as it is forever. Oh, I don't know. That's toughy. I mean, ah, it's... it doesn't have to be grot related. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of, um, I'm going to go with something that actually uh, Rob mentioned on his show the other day um, that I think people should pay points for artifacts. Ah, 
like yeah. magic items back in the yeah. day. Like back in the day, instead of being restricted to uh, one or one one extra per battalion, and then battalions that sort of um, making battalions better, and some armies having access to better battalions anyway. Um, yeah, it just sort of skews it a bit. So, and then people. Um, not all artifacts are the same, you could say. So, yeah, make people poke points for them and then they can take as many as they want. Yeah, that's interesting. And we've seen a move to be able to pay for a command point. Mm. So it's not outside of the realms of possibility. Yeah. yeah. Outside I of guess, realms. I, yeah. Yeah, outside yeah, of the mortal yeah. realms of possibility. See what very very we well good? played, sir. Very well played. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> I try. I try. Seriously, I try very hard. <laughs> That is, you know, I always, I always finish episodes on on a similar point of, of because you know the last question is always about change in the future. Mm. So it is one of the the best things about Age of Sigmar is that the game is in in game terms only five years old. It is very a very kind of junior game. Yeah, uh, we are still in the in the foothills of Age of Sigmar. Yeah, we've formative so years. In the formative years, exactly, exactly <laughs> right, Nathan. We've yes. got so much ahead of us, and you know whether it's paying fifty CP, fifty points for a CP rather, uh, or you know paying hundred points to access another artifact. You know, forty K mm. has got stratagems uh, where you can you can use command points to unlock more relics. So you have a similar system. There's a whole. There's a whole amount that can be inspired slash copied over from 40k and 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 vice versa. Yeah. But also, there's a whole a whole bunch of things that could could be introduced that are completely brand new, and that's one of the most amazing things about this game that we that we all love is that it is constantly evolving, and sometimes that change is is rather stark and can be quite difficult to adapt to immediately. Yeah. Um, and sometimes those changes can be slow and, you know, potentially for some people frustrating. But I think the important thing is that the game is constantly evolving, constantly changing. Yeah. And and I, I certainly think it's constantly improving. Um, not everything is perfect. Um, and it's important to, no. kind of, you know, bear that in mind is that it's a game created by humans for, for hobbyists. Ultimately, uh, humans make mistakes and, and hobbyists just want to throw dice and paint models. And that's what it's all about. Here's the future, eh? Yeah. 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 Yes. I hope we can get back to rolling dice. Absolutely, larger numbers. Jeez. Look forward to it, Nathan. We'll have to we'll have to find some time on a Friday at a tournament to uh, to have a little grot fest. Yeah, oh, maybe maybe invite that Donal bloke along. Yeah, I'm always up for a I, grot I fest, hear especially a, if Donal's there. I'll be there. Especially if Donal's there. I hear he's there. quite fond of grots as well. <laughs> yes. Well, Nathan, look forward to having you back on soon uh, for a spider fang themed episode. Cool, cool. Um, until then, thanks very much for joining me. Oh, thanks. Cheers. Then take care. Thanks for listening to Priority Roll. If you want to get in touch with us, we're at Priority Roll on both Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email, priorityrollpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message. If you want to leave us some feedback, we're always looking to improve, or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows, then feel free to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening to Priority Roll. Priority Roll.